This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, my name is Steve. You're listening to Bible Toolbox. Uh, I mentioned previously that I'm doing a study on uh, the Romans, the, the Roman officers in the Roman army in the first century in Jerusalem, in Israel. And there are five of them. I mentioned one last time, which was the Centurion of Faith based in Capernaum. Today I want to talk about another Centurion who was at Golgotha. As you know, Golgotha uh, means place of the skull. It's on a hill, and that's where Jesus was crucified. There was a centurion there. He was in charge of the execution squad. Okay? Now, the Romans had a very cruel method of execution. Okay? They crucified criminals. They crucified rebels. Uh, they crucified troublemakers, robbers, thieves. That was their cruel punishment. And you know what that is, okay? I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know what crucifixion is. In fact, they overused it sometimes. During the revolt of Spartacus, about 76 years before Christ was born, uh, a former gladiator called Spartacus revolted and called thousands to him, and they ransacked parts of Italy, okay? They ransacked parts of Italy. They were on a rampage. Three Roman armies went up against them, and Spartacus defeated all three. But under a man called Crassus, Spartacus was eventually defeated. And from southern Italy, on the road all the way to Rome, Crassus crucified 3,000 people. Now, in those days, the Romans did not take down the bodies. They left them there. They left them there for the birds and the crows and the carrion to eat and everything like that. They were there as an example not to mess with Rome. That's what they were there for. Now, Christ's crucifixion wasn't because he was a rebel. It wasn't because he called himself king and that was a threat uh, to Rome. He was crucified because there was a deal between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and Pilate. Christ spoke the truth. Christ represented the truth. The Sadducees and the Pharisees hated him. They wanted him dead. They wanted him gone. The people followed him. Pilate had to keep the peace in Jerusalem during the Passover. There were thousands of Jews crowding around Jerusalem and the countryside during this very important feast. He had to keep the peace. So the guy at the bottom of the pile, socially, was Jesus. So for the sake of one man, the Pharisees and the Sadducees agreed for once, and they agreed with Pilate for once. Christ had to go. Now, as with any army unit, a centurion is in charge of 100 men. Part of that, part of his, I'm sure part of his unit were there to torture and taunt Christ. Remember, they beat him, okay? They, they jammed a crown of thorns on his head. They put a purple robe on him and pretended he was a king. They mocked him. And they married him, made him carry the cross beam of his own cross up the hill to the place of the skull. The centurion was in charge of this. He had a special execution squad. There was a special unit in the Roman army who was experienced at crucifying people. He made sure that all three men were crucified and nailed to their crosses. That was his job. 
And as an officer and a centurion, you did your job. Otherwise, it could even be dangerous for you. So the centurion waited, okay? The, the three men were nailed to their crosses. Their crosses were raised up on the hill. It was close to a road so that people passing by could mock them and shout at them. There was a lot of people saying, oh, yes, if you are the Son of God, save yourself. Come down from the cross, and we will believe you. He heard people taunting him. He probably heard the conversation on either side of the cross, where one of the thieves or one of the insurrectionists said to Christ, get us down from here. You know, if you truly who say you are, get us down from here. And the other man on the other side said, look, this man is innocent. We deserve what we got. We deserve it. But he has done nothing. And his request was simple to Jesus. When you come to your kingdom, please remember me. And Christ said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now this centurion is standing there making sure that <clears throat> making sure that the crowd is back, that the crucifixion was taking place, so that each one of those criminals would die. That was his job. His job was over when they were all dead. And yet, and yet, he could see the crowd of women there. They were crying. They were weeping. They were distraught. They were beside themselves. He could hear Jesus speaking. And he said to a man standing next to his mother, John, there's your mother. Mother, there's your son. And the Bible says that from that day, Mary lived with John the Apostle. Mary lived with John the Apostle. He heard that. He saw something different in Christ that he never saw before in all the years he'd been serving in the army. Okay? He didn't he misunderstand. He, he was seeing something so strange, so unworldly, that affected his heart. In Matthew 27, 54, he finally speaks. This is what he said. Truly, this was the Son of God. Truly, this was the Son of God. What did this man see? What did he see in Jesus that everybody else wasn't seeing? All the detractors, all the ones who were mocking and taunting Christ, all those who obviously hated him and wanted to see him die. What did the centurion see that the others didn't? Was he seeing the real Jesus? You know, we often use Peter's confession uh, as, you know, I believe that you are Jesus, the Son of God, the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. We use that as a confession of faith, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think Peter also had something else in mind. I think he was, he was referring to a physical kingdom. We want the throne of David restored in Jerusalem. We want the Romans thrown out. We want to be left in peace. We want to have the temple. We want to have the worship. We want to return to the bad old days. We want to return to the days of David, the glorious days of David and Solomon. And there's nothing wrong with that idea, but that's not what Christ came for. Christ wanted something more than just a physical kingdom with the capital in Jerusalem. Christ wanted something more from mankind to view him. So here's a man, a centurion, a pagan, a man who has 
no axe to grind, nothing to gain by saying, truly, this man was the Son of God. And yet his witness is there for all to see. I'm sure his soldiers heard him. I'm sure the other people standing around heard him, and they were like, what's he talking about? What is he talking He's not serious, is he? If you read the statement in Matthew chapter 27, he is absolutely serious. He saw something in Jesus they all did not see. In fact, the Bible says that they were all in awe, and he said, truly, this was the Son of God. In other words, they were all they were all awestruck, standing there watching this happen. The other soldiers were gambling for Christ's clothes. They were having fun. This was they've done their job. The guys were nailed to the cross. It's finished. In fact, afterwards, when it came time uh, for those on the crosses to die because the Passover was coming, they had to break the legs of the other two men. When the centurion came to Jesus, he had already died. To prove that, he used the spear to pierce Christ's side. And you'll see there that blood and water came out. Ask any doctor what that means. That means your blood has separated into plasma and water. You are dead. You're not going to come back from that. You are dead. When he reported to Pilate, even Pilate was surprised. What? He died already? Yes, sir, he died already. I did my job. The centurion was there. I did, Pilate, Pontius Pilate, governor, I did my job. They are all dead. But Christ died without having his legs broken. Christ died in a very unusual way. Maybe this testimony of the centurion got around the army barracks. I don't know. But something happened to this man's mind and this man's heart when he saw Christ. Wow. What happens to your heart and mind when you hear the name of Jesus? Is this just like a, a story that you learn in church? Yes, Christ was taken to the hill, he was crucified, and on the third day he rose again. It's like a story that we repeat often. Or when you look at Jesus, does your heart fill with awe and say, yes, truly, Jesus is the Son of God. I hope so because he is the guiding light in your life. My name is Steve. Thank you so much for listening. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.